0: Welcome to the Kid Men Huddle, part of the Kids Matter Podcast Network. Gather round, Kid Men leaders, and be encouraged and equipped as you build the kingdom. Now here's your host, Amber Pike. Welcome to the Kid Men Huddle. Today is the day after a big event for me. So today's podcast is actually a little later than normal, like a day later. But I am always worn out after big events. Is anybody else like that just tired and kind of not, I'm not going to say useless the next day, but definitely not very productive. Last night, we had a gingerbread worship experience at church. And on top of it being like, the only big event that we've had this year, we brought in some of our special guest musicians to lead us in worship, Jonathan and Emily Martin. So on top of an event and, you know, setting up and decorating and all that, I also got to spend some time hanging out with some dear friends. They brought their kids and they got to hang out with my kids and it was a great day. But I wanted to talk today about last night's event and what I learned from it. And now I had something completely different planned for today's podcast. I actually had the outline already ready to go for what I was going to talk about. But I just feel like I need to shift. And talk about what I learned from the gingerbread event. If you've been serving in kidmen for longer than a minute, you've probably seen the lack of parents engaging before. Maybe you have parents that don't open their emails, or some that don't use the resources you send home, or you might even have parents that have absolutely no interest in attending events. I think that's probably true for all of us at some point in our ministry. And for me, this is something that I have struggled with over the last almost a year. I provide families with resources that they can use. There's events they can engage in. I give them encouraging and informative emails. But I don't always have an awesome response to the things that I send them. I mean, I have some families that I have not seen or heard from in the last nine months during this whole COVID thing. And it's discouraging. Especially when you as a leader, you're putting in all of this time and effort to provide parents with these things and they just don't engage. Now, God has been speaking to me. He's telling me it is not my job to make sure that moms and dads are doing their job. It's not up to me. My job is to be faithful. It's to pray for families, to keep doing what God has called me to do. But then I need to leave it up to him. And I've also been learning about how I'm supposed to be working towards getting families to engage. Last night's gingerbread experience was kind of illuminating for me. And there are a couple of steps that I saw, and I want to talk about those. But first, I want to lay out this event for you. So I created a devotion based around families building a gingerbread house. I called it No Room. You can actually grab it for free on my website, amberpike.org. Go to the blog section, and there's a PDF for you to grab, and use it however you want. Uh, The really cool part for me is I created this as a teaser of sorts to my second book coming out with Rose Publishing. It'll be out around September next year, 2021. And the book is Cooking Devotions. So the first day of the week, kids will create something in the kitchen with mom and dad, and then they're going to apply it, you know, read the devotion, applying it to God's word. And the rest of the week, there's discussion questions based off of it and prayer prompts. I'm so excited about this book because it's a fun way to get kids in the word together. So I created this devotion for Christmas as a little teaser for the book, but also a really fun way to get kids and moms and dads in the Word of God together. So it starts with them reading the book of Luke, um, the first seven verses, and it ends with verse seven, where Luke tells us that there was no room for Jesus. Then families move into a discussion and they're asked the question, is there room for Jesus in your home? Do you put Jesus as a place of prominence in your home? Now, I wanted to make this a whole big thing. So I brought in Jonathan and Emily Martin to lead us in worship. I bought lots of gingerbread kits. Families got to choose what kit they wanted to build. Now, I was not aware there are pre-made houses. And half of the kits that I bought were actually the pre-built houses. So the walls are already assembled for you. If you were doing this with kids, this is the way to go. Because all they go and do is decorate. And that's the fun part. The hard part is getting the roof to stay on. So if you are doing this, I highly recommend look for the pre-built gingerbread houses. But I had all the kids. I set up a cocoa station so they could make their own cocoa with, you know, mix in peppermint sticks or chocolate chips or marshmallows or uh, syrup. We had caramel syrup in Butterscotch and all that fun stuff. Everything was decked out in a gingerbread Christmassy decor. Dollar Tree is my place. Uh are, are any of you big Dollar Tree shoppers? Because I think they might know me by name at ours. We have one literally like two minutes from our church and I love it. But they had the cutest little green hot cocoa gingerbread cookie tablecloths. And they had a little cardboard gingerbread house boxes. And even gingerbread cookie bags, like little gift bags, because we had gifts for each child and we had a gift for each family. Normally at Christmas, we have a Christmas party and the kids have a gift exchange. You know, they bring in a gift for a boy or a girl of any age and we play a little game and everyone goes home with a prize, but not knowing what's going on with COVID We're not super consistent on who's there on Wednesday nights and wanting to keep germs down. So we decided we would provide a gift for all the kids instead of doing an exchange. And I found some really fun things. I found a cool game that went as the family gift one per family as a snowball fight card game. So something fun, but not something that necessarily, you know, everyone would already have like Uno, but for the kids bags, there's candy of course, but at Dollar Tree, because it's my place. I found chickens that poop a slime egg. Every child and teen there wanted one of these. They're pretty cool. So everything in Kentucky is pretty much closed. School are closed. Restaurants are closed. Concerts, you know, all that. It's all closed. So we had a pretty good number of our families that had signed up, but not all of them. So I offered a virtual option. I had one family finishing up the end of a quarantine, and had another family that was limiting their exposure, so they were super excited to be able to Zoom. We also had a couple of families that were unable to make it live in person or during Zoom. So I needed to be able to record it because their schedules just didn't work out, but they wanted to do it. They were families that We're actually going to do it. Not those who tell you will do it, but have no intention of doing it. Now, I have never done a live and virtual event at the same time. This was different for me. And I definitely will be improving on that. Because we were running the event live in person for a bunch of families. But then I was recording it while live streaming it on Zoom. All at the same time. And at one point, I was running PowerPoint slides, letting people in Zoom, and I had two toddlers on my lap while they're trying to clap along with the music. So I definitely need to enlist some more help. It worked, doing live and online at the same time, but it wasn't great. We aren't set up for live streaming except the sanctuary, so I was just experimenting as I went. went. I can do Zoom calls, I can record things, I can create videos to send, but I'd never done live while I was recording while I was doing something in person. So that needs some work. I wanted the worship part of it to be the part that they would really get because let's face fact, when families are just building their gingerbread kits, that's going to be pretty boring to watch, even though at home, they would be doing the same thing. But I need to work on The engaging part of the video. Families in person, they had everything there for them. It was ready to roll. Families at home, I provided them with the resources. They were handed kits and printed devotions. A few of them I actually even hand delivered. I wanted to make sure that my families had no excuses for not attending. They had options. They could attend in person. They could attend online as it was live, or they could do it as a family later, either using the video with the worship part, or they could just build their kit and do the devotion as a family at some other time. I was providing them everything they needed, and I was willing to hand deliver it to them. And we still had families that did not want to participate. A free, Christ-centered, fun activity for families, and not everyone wanted to engage. Families aren't always going to engage, no matter how awesome the activity is or how amazing the resource is. Like in April, I gave my families all a digital code for a new family worship CD. I don't even think half of my parents went and got it. It was completely free. Sometimes, as a Kidman leader, it feels like we are spoon-feeding families. But there's that old adage that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. And friends, that kind of feels like Kidman a lot. As a leader, you need to do everything in your power to lead families to water. Resource them like crazy. Give them encouragement and trainings. Give them activities that they can do to lead their kids. Send emails and take-home papers. But sometimes that's not enough. You can't just stop with sending them things. There are steps that you can take to really boost your engagement for families. The first one that I learned last night is to offer online and in-person options. You're gonna to have to get creative with how you do this. And I really, I challenge you to think about doing this as an option. I know a lot of you have been doing online services, whether or not you were back to in-person or not. But I think the temptation for us As Kidman leaders who miss our kids, we miss hugs and high fives and seeing smiling faces not covered in a mask. When things return back to normal, I think the temptation is going to be 100% back in person, and that's it. But we are still going to have families that can't attend things. It might not work with their schedule, or they don't have transportation, or they've got a sick kid and they need to stay home. And the flip side, the worry is that if we always provide them an online option, are we making things too convenient for families to skip out? Maybe, but maybe by providing an online option, you're reaching a family that you wouldn't have reached before. By streaming and recording this gingerbread event in my small church, I was able to reach five families that would not have otherwise attended. Guys, that's huge. Five families were getting in the word together. All because I changed how I normally did things. Had to experiment, go a little outside of my comfort zone. But five families engaged and they wouldn't have attended otherwise. So you might have to get creative. Doing an online and in-person event at the same time was not easy. And honestly, what I ended up with wasn't the best but it was a start. I learned that I really need two separate computers if I'm running PowerPoint and trying to record the stream. I need a second person to run the tech. I need to make sure the camera angle is a priority and figure this out well in advance and test it. I didn't plan the online portion well enough, so visually it wasn't the best. In the future, I think I'll do when the activity's happening, like a challenge slide, maybe some background music, so parents, families aren't just watching, no one really engaging with them. But I learned from what we did. I learned what worked and what didn't work, but I started somewhere. I engaged families where they were at, but in order to do that, I had to know the needs of my families. Kid men Leaders, get to know your families. Now, if you're a larger church, this is going to fall to your small group leaders, probably, Sunday school teachers, you know, something like that. But we are small enough at my church that I know my kids and I know their families. I know the situations. I have a single mom that does not have a car. And she is not one that is going to ask for rides. Now, she has a couple at the church she is super close with, and they are her rides to thing. But if that couple is out of town on vacation, they can't make it. This mama is not asking for a ride. But I've noticed if I ask her if she needs a ride, she's happy to accept. She just doesn't want to ask. So I make sure every event that we are having, I ask if she needs a ride. She's also happy to come early and help, which is a super bonus. But it means so much to her that I take the time to ask, Hey, do you need a ride to this? When I created our fall faith kit, uh, this family wasn't back at church yet. So I texted her and said, hey, when can I drop off this kit to you? It meant the world to her and her boys. Maybe because I added a lot of extra candy in their bag. (laughs) I also have another kid. He's really just kind of struggling right now. And he was on the fence about coming to yesterday's event. And Big Sis was texting with me about it. And I told her to tell him, if he came, I would make sure one of the prizes he went home with would be the chicken that poops out the slime egg. I knew, I knew this boy. And right away I get a text back saying, he's in. He was excited for it. And I knew that would be the swaying factor for him because I know him. Knowing the needs of your families, it's huge. Once you know this, you can kind of tailor how you are resourcing and the plans that you're making. Now, I've talked about this before in regards to resourcing them with items to use. My families do better with the physical things that I put in their hands. So that's what I purchase. I purchase a physical item, something that they can hold and touch instead of a digital resource. And sometimes I know with some families, I have to literally put it in their hands. I have to hand it to them to make sure it goes home. Honestly, a lot of ministry right now kind of feels like we're spoon feeding families. We want moms and dads to shepherd their kids like they're commanded to do. But not all parents want to. Some feel that they don't have the time, the resources, the know-how. Some feel like it's the job of the experts at the church. And others, they just kind of need that spoon feeding. And it is discouraging. Kidman leaders, I feel you on this. I have spent a lot of time, a lot of prayer, a lot of tears on this issue. When you look at Facebook and you see families, they go and they play, but they're not committed to coming to church, it's discouraging. But hear me, it's not your job to make sure families lead their kids that they come to church. You can't do that for them. But you can be faithful in taking as many steps as possible to reach as many families as possible. So by now, you've probably got the whole resourcing and planning events thing figured out. You know where to go, what to do, all that. If not, the I Love Kidman Facebook group, tons of ideas on resourcing families. But once you get that idea and that plan of what you want to do, before you execute it, figure out how your families can be best engaged. Before you order a resource forum, before you create the event flyer, determine what is going to increase the engagement of families from your ministry? Then you make your plan. So if you're looking at putting resources into their hands, what is the best way to do that that's going to reach the most families? Is it digitally? Are you going to pass things out physically at church after a Sunday or Wednesday service? Do you need to do a drive through pickup? Or do you and your team need to go and drop off things on families' porches? When you're planning events, how can you plan an event not only where mom and dad leading, but an event where you have the most amount of parents attending? Consider mixing an in-person, online, and at-home crazy hybrid event. Do the families in your ministry need to be shown how to lead? As Kidman leaders, we send home these resources, and we expect moms and dads to not only have this desire to lead lead their kids, but also the knowledge how to. And for some, it's not that they don't want to lead. They just don't know how. And as you work on engaging and resourcing families, take the time to show them how to lead. Show them and tell them the importance of leading their kids, but show them how. Family worship, family discipleship, whatever you want to call it, it's doesn't have to be that hard, but not everybody realizes that yet. And this is what I love about the family worship initiative by Jonathan and Emily Martin. It's a six week program that shows mom and dad how to lead, but it doesn't just tell them what to do and kind of toss them to the wolves and let them figure it out on their own. Each week starts with a video lesson and the videos will be used, but moms and dads are still leading their kids And the first lesson, you can do it in a church setting with a church leader orchestrating online or in person, or families can just do it on on their own. But the rest of the days of the week, mom and dad are doing it all. They're being shown how to lead, but then they're having the chance to do that at home, to practice leading their kids in a safe environment. And then they go back the next week and they have another big group, let's show you how, and then more, you can do this. When families don't engage, it's discouraging. It sometimes seems like they don't want to lead, but sometimes they don't know how, or they need extra encouragement. They need some help. Kidman leader, do not take it as a personal offense against you when families are not engaging. You can lead the horse to water, but remember, you cannot make them drink. Handing parents a bunch of stuff and just expecting them to lead, to know what to do, it's not always going to be the most effective. Lead them in leading their kids. Take the necessary steps to get to know your families. Get to know their specific needs and circumstances, and then with that knowledge, create your plan on how best to lead the parents in shepherding their kids. Now, As you get to know them and you find out circumstances, you're going to see you have a bunch of different needs that need to be met. And you can't meet all of them every time. There's a lot of stuff that you have to cover and work around and make exceptions to and figure out. But you can start with just one thing, with just one family. Reach one family in a different way. Go outside of your comfort zone. Get creative. Do something that you've not done before. Try adding an online element to your existing in-person event. Hand deliver something to a struggling family. Hop on the phone and, and check with them. Whatever you do, find one way to engage a family where they're at. You might be surprised at the impact that this can have on family. Just reaching them where they're at and meeting their needs. The steps you take might be what's needed to engage those families that would not otherwise be engaged. It might make an eternal difference. So Kidman leaders, work on engaging your families where they're at. You might have to get a little creative doing it, but remember what you do matters.